The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the revolution. Are you ready? I'm ready! 10-4, copy that. Back for more, huh? For over 17 years, your place for all things outdoors. Well, this could not be any worse. Give it a sec. Ladies and gentlemen, The Revolution with Jim and Trev is on the air. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Say something, I'm giving up on Lee. Yeah, that was great. See, even even Lee thinks it's great. <laughs> I'm a singer. Lee and I, we're um, we're a couple. Absolutely. Two peas in a pod. Two peas in a pod. All right, so we got a great show. We have the great escape where I'm actually gonna serenade Lee Lakoski, and uh, Tiffany's gonna stand around and think I'm an idiot. <laughs> now, all right, so we're gonna be joined here in just a second. Awesome three part interview with who? Lee and Tiffany Lakoski of the Crush. It's actually just Crush. 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 Yeah, they're the mayors of... You can of never say it enough, though. The mayors of Crushville? <laughs> the dictators of Crushland? They own Candy Crush? That's right. All right, so the Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, they are the hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany. All new season, Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm kind of giddy. I'm nervous. I'm sweaty. It's balmy in here. Uh, so they're going to join us. I'm like, wearing shorts. Yeah, Jimbo is wearing shorts with no shoes. Uh, we're also going to have on uh, Alan Probst. Oh, yeah. Great guy. Yeah, North American Trapper. All new trap clothes. Yeah, all new season. He's going to trap me to keep me away from Lee. Uh, North American Trapper, all new season. Sportsman Channel, that's Sundays, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So watch him, 1.30, Sportsman Channel. Then go over to Outdoor Channel Sunday evening at 8. Get Lee and Tiffany for the best uh, big game hunting action, deer hunting action, right? That's right. Let's get to Lee and Tiffany Likoski. Woohoo! The Great Escape is on the revolution with Jim and Trav. All right, boys, let's do this. Now, kicking off a three part interview with Lee and Tiffany Likoski, hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. All right, so Jim, you know what I got this uh, past Valentine's Day from Lee and Tiffany? <laughs> That's hard to say now. A jar of dirt and some dough urine. All right, so we got Lee and Tiffany Legoski on the You got line. that? You got everything. You got absolutely everything. Lee, Tiffany, how's it going, guys? It's going awesome, guys. Thank you so much for having us. Going good. Yeah, well, you know, the, the interesting part, we're, we're into midwinter right now, and uh, is there anything to do at the farm? Tell them stuff. Is it really midwinter, or is it? Spring or summer? I, don't know. I can't tell you. Weather either. from day to day, it'd be 60 one day, then five inches of snow the next day. But there's always stuff to do, though. And so right now we're just working on feeders, working on all our, our equipment, getting that ready. We're starting shed hunting. There's never a lack of things to do around here, that's for sure. And if there is, I'm like, hey, if you guys are bored, I can find you something to do. I see that's <laughs> the guys that work with us, along with my husband and our kids. I'm like, I'll find you something to do if you guys are bored. Well, I'm going to tell you what, if our listeners are bored, what they have to do, first of all, they have to watch you on Outdoor Channel. 
Uh, but I kind of had heart palpitations over the weekend. You got to. Yeah, I don't know if that's the right word to use. I was on your YouTube page. OK, and you took your boy Cameron out and he took his first deer. What an emotional yeah. ride that was for me watching it. Like my heart broke for the kid. It was he, he was so sincere and genuine in the look on his face when he didn't know if he was going to recover the deer. Like, oh, my God, guys. <laughs> yeah. And the shot was, you know, it's a little far back, but it was, you know, it's the thing that rained. I mean, it was raining when he shot it, but it was my last day that we had to hunt with him. And it was kind of a last minute decision even to take him out. And so we're like, well, we got to leave him for a, a little bit. But then it just started to pour. And so I knew we, you know, I knew we would find him eventually, but I didn't know. I mean, it, luckily, I had a good, that deer was very, we'd known him for years. I know exactly, you know, where his home range is, where he beds, all that kind of stuff. I knew him pretty well. So it didn't really take us that long to find him at all. With, I mean, considering no blood on a big farm, you know, and all timber, that was a pretty big task. But, so we were lucky within an hour we we found him. But you know what's nice, though? I mean, he wasn't even, like, totally traumatized by that because, obviously, he's grown up with us hunting. He's yeah. grown up with plenty of good shots. He's grown up with plenty of bad shots that we have to leave him overnight and stuff. So it's like he's definitely seen that before where, you yeah, know. Yeah, it wasn't like it was only happening to me. Yeah. A lot, he's happened with lots of, I mean, with us. And I mean, it just happened that year, here. actually. George shot a buck, and we thought he made a good shot, and we had to back out because he was still alive and stuff. So, I mean, literally, they just watched that, like, weeks before. So, it's not like he's not used to, like you said, he's used to that because he's seen so many deer trails and things that we've done, you know, because they've just always been along with us. Yeah, now, obviously, he, he took it with a crossbow, and... I was just blown away. This boy is seven years old, uh, and that's an impressive deer. I, I mean, kudos to him because I'm, I would have buckled under that pressure. Okay, he just he he did a great job. Yeah, I mean, but you both those kids shoot that thing. I mean, you have that big BDX scope on there. You just, you range it and it moves the dot. You know where to aim it, so they're pretty much fail safe. It's the way to go with kids. I think you know that you're not trying to. You know, because it's easy for me to look at, you know, when you can't look through the scope with them, you're like, okay, do you have the red dot on there? Yeah. You know, yep, that's good. But if you have, like, all the, you know, the 20, 30, 40, 50, and it's like a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot more to think about and to do, you know, if you say, okay, it's 42 yards, you know, is he really, are they really going to get the right line and everything on there with the with the regular scope? So, it, you know, it feels pretty good about that, and they shot it a bunch. And so I felt confident with it. You know, I just didn't know how he would feel, you know, if he'd be excited to shoot one, if he was ready yet and everything else. But it, it worked out great. You know, while you were telling that story, I was hearkening back to the very first times that we had you on the air. And uh, it predated old Cameron by a, a couple, three yeah. years. And so, you know, we, we've kicked around that stump a long time. And you guys have just kept growing and growing and growing. Now you got two kids and, and uh you got a lot of a lot of farmland to hunt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's kind of we moved down here with a couple hundred acres, and just every year we're buying stuff and just bought some stuff in Montana now for elk, and just keep keep going. We don't have a nickel to our name, but we have a lot of land. So <laughs> you know, that's our four hundred one k. It's our everything. You know, seems like we're always broke, but I guess we're used to that. So you know, if we pay something off well buy something else it's been a great investment for us so. yeah you know yeah. the in the interesting part about it uh 
Lee and Tiffany being dirt poor means one thing to them and something else to me being dirt poor. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, they're so yep. poor that Tiffany can't shoot a deer and keep the antlers on it. I, I've i never seen that. Have <laughs> oh you, my gosh, have you guys ever had that happen before? I mean, you shot this great buck. It was like December 26, Tiffany, and you shot him and subsequently his antlers fell off. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, but not, not both. Like that. Yeah, not both. Not I've had both. one come off a couple times um, and and actually, the deer I shot late season, the same, same thing, day. the next day. Really? You know, so we've had that happen, like, twice. The next day, you go just, like, you know, they start getting stiff, so they're hanging up in the barn. You just grab the antlers. You kind of twist the head to see how stiff they are to take pictures of them and pop. You know, one popped off. That happened to me this year on, on mine, just, like, a week after Tiffany's. But then that happened one time a long time ago. And then I had one several years ago that a side came off when it hit the ground, too, but Never both like that. That was crazy. Well, it was so funny, too, because that was actually Christmas Day, and it's the first year we've actually been in Iowa on Christmas because we have our new house, and with the passing of Lee's dad and stuff up in Minnesota, we're like, you know what? We're just going to stay put this year. And so we drug both kids out there with us, and so it's like Lee and I out there with their two kids filming, hunting, doing everything by ourselves. And it was so funny because I shoot that buck, and he goes running off, and so we go to... and. Of course, we're just a total cluster bomb when you just got, I mean, anytime you got those little kids out there and <laughs> doing everything and it's just us and stuff, it's like, it's just a lot. We're a mess. So they're starting to track that deer and he goes right into this like cedar thicket and the kids are like little enough to get under it through that. And all of a sudden we're like, there's some blood, there's some blood. And Cameron's like, oh, there's a big horn. <laughs> and he can't see the kids because they're in underneath the trees and I was like, a big horn or a dead deer? And he's like, no, a big horn. He's like, here it is. And he shows it to us. And both of us are like, ah. Like, why? Why? We, we're always happy when we find big sheds. And then Reagan goes, I found one too. I found one too. <laughs> and we're like, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. I think he was just doing, you know, I don't think they would have fell off if he just would have ran and fell over in the field or something like that. But that. It's like solid cedars along the whole side of that cornfield. And there's a couple slots where they all come out from. And I think he was just kind of doing a death run when she shot. So he just ran straight into those cedars, not down any trail, nothing. So, I mean, he was running through. I, you know, you, you look at that, you're like, how did a deer even with horns even get through this? I don't know. So, <laughs> but, I mean, I was like, you know what? We'll remember that more than if he wouldn't have. So I loved it. <laughs> right. yeah. I've heard of knocking your socks off before, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah, we wouldn't be talking about that deer right now if that hadn't happened. So that's, you know, it stinks in a way, but it's, you know, it's the way you remember hey, it. And you know what? All reality, it's like Dr. Wachowski here. He got him back on for pictures because, of course, I couldn't hold them up like <laughs> the same way. So they'd be straight. Yeah. Get so, a little surgery, got him back yeah. on, and ready to roll. We're good to go. <laughs> He's like, uh, you could be on this old house. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what? There is not one thing that this guy can't do, I tell you that much. All right, and their kids are half Mississippi bloodhound, it sounds like. All right, so that's when you they know what? They kids. are. You have no idea, actually. They are they're much, very good. They're very good. They're both of them. All right, so Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, they are the hosts of Crush. Got to watch the all-new season Outdoor Channel Sunday. Days, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Can you guys stick around for a second part? Absolutely. Good. All right, more <laughs> Lee and Tiffany after the break. Part two with Lee and Tiffany is next.
Home Improvement meets Outdoor Lifestyle. This thing's got good bones. On the all-new original series, Renovation Hunters. When people have their hunting camps and fishing camps, sometimes these structures don't get taken care of. Host Hal Schaefer and his talented craftsmen have just seven days to transform a rundown structure into a beautiful cabin, lodge, or vacation home. We want to put the family back in the outdoors. All-new Renovation Hunters. Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Mountain Seasonings, the world's best kits for turning your game into jerky and sausage. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. The Revolution with Jim and Trav is back with The Great Escape. Now let's get back to Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel, Sundays 8 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here's part two. Hey, we're back. We're talking The Great Escape on this week's show, and we found out that the buck did not escape. No. Miss Tiffany. Now, guys, what is that like? You know, we have been watching you for so long, and you're incredible outdoorsmen, women, amazing hunters. We've always seen the projects you guys do, uh, and now you kind of have a new adventure where you're actually developing some small farms. I think it's with, like, the Whitetail Group, you know, because people always say, oh, I would love to hunt, you know, property like you guys have. Well, now you're actually giving people that opportunity. Right, right. I mean, because like a lot of our farms that we have, you know, we've had them for 20 years. So they're basically done. You know, you got food plots in where you want them to. We've done all the timber stand improvement. You've done, you know, native grasses. You've done everything. And that's the fun part for me. So we're just like, all right, well, let's get, I teamed up with a couple other guys that uh, are big into buying farms and stuff. Said, hey, let's start, you know, buy some farms or find some that somebody wants us to this done and let's just go and design these farms. So it's been so much fun because these, a lot of these farms are just blank canvases, like no food on them even. Like the last ones that we did were just cattle farms. So it's just like a blank slate. You go and just design it the way that you, you know, just I think like an Arnold Palmer golf course, you know, it, in the same kind of sense, we just design it the way that do it if it were my own. And then you, you know, then we move on to the next one. And it, it, we do that for people who have farms that want it developed or we have farms that we buy and then we develop them like that, keep them for a year and make sure we get stands in the right spots and you get your know, deer, what the inventory of deer is and then sell them and move on, do it again. So a lot of times, you know, it's on your own farms, I'm done with them, but that's the part that I love. You, you know, know. I'm not a real estate agent. I don't want to sell farms. I just want to, I just, my part of that, of the Whitetail Group to go in design the farm, set it up the way we think it should be done, go and plant food plots, doze out plots, make ponds, you know, do all the work that I like doing and then move on to the next one. Yeah, we, we found out that uh, where we live, I mean, there's there's a section of land here, and we hunt this one valley, but there are no trees, and there's nothing but just cropland and like 120-some acres of uh, of CRP. That's it. And, you know, I wonder where in the world do we start? You know, some of those, there was a farm one time in northern Iowa, and this was like 15 years ago, but it was all CRP like that. But I think it did have maybe a couple trees out in there, and maybe like along a little ditch or a creek or something like that. And the guy, and they wanted, it was for sale, Whitetail Properties had it, and they wanted like 8,000 an acre or something back when it was like 2,000. Like, what? Oh, wow. You know, and the thing was, the guy had shot like so many like 200-inch deer. I mean, huge number of them and just monster bucks in there we had that giant section of 
CRP, and he just put like a clover fields and food plots along those trees, like right in the middle of that section. So they were safe from like in gun season. Nobody could, you couldn't even see them in there, let alone. And so he never drove it. He only bow hunted and it was unreal. And so that's why you look at things. Sometimes when you think, oh, there's no trees or just mostly all open fields, what, you know, it's not going to be good for hunting. Anything can be good for hunting if you set it up right. And I learned from that one, you know, oh my gosh, here's something that is in an area of Iowa that's not really even known for big deer, but having that big section of CRP that those deer could hide in and not get shot by neighbors or they, and you didn't drive it, you couldn't even see them in there and having food right in the middle of that along those, that little ditch that was in there with those little trees in there. The number, the number of big deer that he grew in there was incredible. Well, I have to say is, you know, knowing you guys, you, you truly have like eight full-time jobs. Uh, and, you know, from your, your television show to your land management to hunting, your everything you do. Farming. Yeah, farming. I mean, the amount, and that's Blue one feature. thing. You guys, you showcase a lot of the work, but I don't think people really understand how much work you guys do and the, the amount of work it takes. And I think there becomes a point in time where you cross this line where you, you're you a diehard hunter, but then conservation and management is really what eats up your time and what you become obsessed with close second because i mean obviously like a, a first really because you don't get those kind of results with half in it you know you have to go all in you you dedicate yourselves to it and to have those trials and errors and you know successes i mean it really is a ton of work and people just don't get that right well the thing is this because it's, it's not an obsession you aren't going to do that kind of work yeah, You know, and for me, I'm just obsessed with deer. I, I did a little video yesterday on a piece on one of our rubbing posts, and it's like, you know, most people are thinking about the Super Bowl. I, I, I'm thinking about deer right now, <laughs> you know, but that's every day. Yeah. Do you, you definitely are right when you talk about the conservation side of it. I mean, it's like, you know, it went from, I feel like Lee, people think he's just a trophy hunter, but uh, I mean, that he is obviously, but that's just where he's kind of at in his career. He's shot so many big deer already, but it's like, really, I mean, it's like, you care way more about like the nutrition and the health of like oh, the deer and animal, deer. even turkeys and everything around here. Then yeah, you hunting do about, is second, yeah, second now. I mean, it is the conservation, the land, and that stuff. And you know, just to go shoot a deer is part of the reward to be able to shoot a big one for everything you do. But it's it's more the conservation part that's number one to me. It's not the hunting part of it. I just like seeing all the deer get to their maximum potential. I like seeing them healthy. It's, you know. I want to see how we can keep them in better shape. And, you know, cause I love those animals. They've always said that. And, and, you know, we want to, want to do the best for them. And, you know, hunting is just, is a result of that, but it's not, but it's not my primary goal even anymore is to shoot a big one. My primary goal is to have them all survive. And all. I mean, obviously other hunters shoot them and that's great too. I'm always happy for your neighbors if they shoot them, but just be finding dead ones from whatever it could be. It just always, Makes you feel bad about it and say, okay, well, how do we keep these healthier? That they died because in the winter, that they they weren't fat enough, didn't have enough fat on them, or did they die from EHD, or what did they die from? So we're always kind of working on trying to keep them healthy because we love those animals. It's like you know, you look at like PETA people, and we don't have a lot of you know people online or anything you know hassle too much. But they really between if we, if I would love to talk to somebody from PETA because there are probably very way more similarities than differences. Mm-hmm. You know, one small difference, but both 
people if I have their love of animals and want to conserve them and see them thrive and that kind of stuff. We're all on the same page there. Just one little bit of difference. So really between, you know, I think just the world in general, there's, you got so much more in common than you have differences. And uh, I don't know why you focus on the differences so much. Those are words to live by. Hey, can you guys stick around for a third part? Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online. Check your trail cameras today at YamahaMotorsports.com. Now, guys, before we get to break, to learn more about all things Crush, um, the Lee Likoski, uh fan club, <laughs> uh, where can we find you guys online? Uh, we've got plenty of those right now, but we're on Instagram, The Crush TV, Facebook, Lee and Tiffany, YouTube, Lee and Tiffany Likoski, TikTok, online, TheCrush.TV, and then, of course, you can find us just on your regular outdoor channels, and then on the Sportsman's Channel Canada and live streamed all over. And all over, and any loose yeah, playing, anything you can get the outdoor channel on now, so there's... Even Cameron there's, knows yeah, how to do those. Yeah, there's no place that you can't find find the crush. Yeah, you can always find us now. All right, the third and final part with Lee and Tiffany is right after this. www.timandtrav.com Online. Everything outdoors is a click away. Online. Show archives, blogs, expert advice. Online. Timandtrav.com and, and, and don't forget to drop us some feedback. Stay tuned to the revolution with Jim and Trav. We'll be back after these important messages. There are plenty of great anglers out there. This is a different world of fish. A different world. But there's only one Bill Dance. Oh, I pee that lamp. Look at that dragon. That thing is gone. Get the scoop on the fish. You are a tarpon catching this son of a gun. Then get the fish in the boat. Are you happy? I'm very happy, bud. <laughs> Bill Dance Saltwater. Saturdays at 11.30 a.m. on Sportsman Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim and Trav and The Great Escape. Now, once again, here are Lee and Tiffany Lukoski, hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel, Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Part 3 starts right now. Hey, we're back. We're talking the great escape on this week's show. And if you're going to escape, you got to do with Leah Tiffany Lukoski. All right, so I got a two-part question uh, for you guys. Um, is it possible to have a multi-use property where we recreate and hunt and have great results with both? Second part to the question, you know, when you guys, now you, know, you have a family, it's growing, you have nearly a six and eight-year-old. Do you more set up a lot of the blinds and things you do more conducive for children and family activities doing things? Have your your designs changed and plans changed a bit to incorporate them? Or do you make them kind of elevate to, hey, we're going to go in a tree stand. We're going to do this. What do you guys do? Okay, well, that, that. Go ahead, Lee. Well, I, I mean, on the property, 1,000%, you can obviously have a piece of property. I mean, we live on one of our best farms. Yeah, and I think people think that you can't, you know, even like ride, like for us, we're riding, Cameron's riding his dirt bike around every day and stuff. We have more deer right around our house here <laughs> than we even do like back on the food plot. Really? We don't have deers right now. And, yeah, and the thing is, I think people don't spend enough time in there. See, the difference is if you guys go out like on a couple of weekends a year, 
then the deer aren't going to get used to that and it'll actually be a negative to them. But mm. when you're there all the time, I've said this for years, You, it's not that you you want to keep things super secluded. You want to be in there like every week. So our deer get to know us, you know, nine months of the year outside of hunting season. We're around all the time. And for nice thing about here and I is we can still feed and we don't need to. I say that 100%. We, there's so much food everywhere. But it's a way to congregate up, you know, to get them come into one spot where I can get photos and take a good inventory of them. But so when we go around, every time we're checking food plots and taking soil samples and doing things and hit that button on the, but every time we go out, kind of hit the button on the feeder. So it's kind of like bear hunting. It's like the minute you go put out bait for a bear, but the, like the first week, you know, they hear the four wheeler coming and the bears come and they're standing there waiting for you to put food out. So if I look, if I go hit that feeder and it can be noon. And I've watched, I've watched the camera five minutes later, a bunch of deer will come out and look and see if I hit it for them. So they're always kind of associating me with positive things, but we're there like every week we're out here doing things and around and they just get used to us being here. So when you go to hunting season, you do it the same way. Like a couple of times a week, you're out hunting this field and another field there. So to them, you know, July doesn't look any different than November. Mm-hmm. And that's where you want to get your place to. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't live on the property that they hunt. So they only get out there sparingly. But so then when it gets to hunting season, everyone thinks, oh, our deers went nocturnal in August. Well, it's probably because nobody was there for six months. And then all of a sudden in August, start thinking about deer. And I'm going to go put up cameras. I'm going to go work on stands. And all of a sudden you start going in there. And now it's different to them. But if you just did some throughout the entire year where you're there all the time, that's where your deer kind of get used to you and they're not panicked. We can drive our rangers by the field and they'll, you know, they might run to the edge, stand there and look at you and let you go by and maybe you go back feeding as you're driving by. They're not running to the next county. This but farm here really kind of did that when my mom moved here, actually, like yeah. down from Minnesota. And we had a feeder out in her front yard. And, like, my mom had gotten where she literally could drive her car and when all those deer were out there. And you're talking giant bucks. I mean, 180-inch mm-hmm. bucks. You're oh. sitting there looking at Laying in her yard. <laughs> Laying in her yard. And they would recognize, they would know her car and not even move, you know. And her do- our dogs would go out and go potty. They don't chase deer or anything. And they never even moved. And that's when your strategy about that really changed. Because all of a sudden, one day at, like, a seminar, somebody asked something about that. And I'm like, that's the first time I've ever heard you even say that. Yeah, How yeah. interesting. You just totally changed everything that you Yeah, you see the deer where they're the calmest are are where we live. Yeah. You know, and like this farm, it was never like that till Linda moved here. And then they were all like that. Now, we have more deer in our backyard. That I, we, have, we have a food plot that goes out you the back. That, and when we were building even, just deer everywhere, walking through the yard, everywhere. But they're used to that here, and, and they're not afraid of it. We don't hunt around you know, like on the 40 acres at least around our house either. So, and we do have, you know, feeders out there so we can, so we can look at them and we love seeing them. And our, our yard is basically a food plot. So it's nice <laughs> to see them around, but we never hunt them here. So they feel very confident. So you can definitely have a recreational place and a place to hunt. Cause that's what our house is. I mean, we got four wheelers and rangers are going all the time. My camera's got dirt bike. That dirt bike's going all the time. And you, you can, you want any time. The kids are out playing and doesn't make any difference. At four o'clock at night, the backyard can be full of deer, whether kids are out there playing or they're out there dirt bikes or whatever. The second part that's blind, it's like we have a lot of blinds already. And so that's where we bring our kids. I don't, we haven't had them in the tree stand yet. Mm-hmm. But now that we have that triple one, we yeah, probably, we probably would. will. So we have Cameron. have no problem. He's like a climber. He's like a, a monkey. He's up on everything, <laughs> and trees, and everything else. Might be a way to get him to sit still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. 
like getting sit, sitting still. So that's why the blinds really come in handy because it's hard to keep their attention and keep them still. Like it was 20 below on Christmas this year when we were out there and we had to leave bags out there. And oh. of course they have to have their bags of snacks and all kinds of stuff to keep them busy in there. But uh, that's where blinds really come in handy until they get, you know, a little bit older that they can sit still and, and stuff. But. That, that's why I like blinds. I don't have to, I can be comfortable. I don't have to sit <laughs> right. still. I can bring snacks. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's not that we changed anything for the kids. The kids are just going to have to deal with what, the way it's set up. We have stuff set up that we feel is the best for hunting. And so, but they're, uh, in, you know, inevitably, you know, for late season, we have a lot of, redneck blinds out and some on trailers we can move them where we want to and and everything so it works perfectly for kids but yeah they're like 100 percent just i mean like reagan's the best it's like she walks in she gets in a blind she's like okay let me get it situated she sets everything up for her liking in that blind and they're ready to go <laughs> you bet hey we gotta leave it right there we've been talking with lee and tiffany lakoski they're the hosts of crush with lee and tiffany on outdoor channel sundays at 8 p.m eastern time this has been presented by my outdoor tv stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere anytime you gotta hop on there and watch all the seasons of crush myoutdoortv.com guys to learn more about you everything you have going on it is a lot where can we find you guys online well, you can find us on Instagram at the Crush TV, and that's also Facebook. Um, then you can find us on YouTube. We're doing a bunch of stuff on YouTube now. And then we are on TikTok a little bit here and there. <laughs> we have, I was like, uh, Lee's doing dances all the time on there, of course. And then we have just a regular website that we're in the process of revamping right now, which is the Crush Guy TV. All right. You bet. Hey, coming up next is Alan Probst, North American Trapper. Yeah, Lee's got a video of him doing the, like, gangdom style. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know it. You know it. All right, Alan's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Guys, love you so much. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us. We always love to come on this anyways. Always love to talk to you guys. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. On air for over 17 years. Hold on. Hello? Don't forget to tell them about JimandTrav.com. Oh, oh, yeah, the website. Wait. What? Can I borrow $5? Goodbye. Don't move. The revolution with Jim and Trav will continue in a moment. I want to welcome y'all to the King of the Raven Challenge! Out here, competition is everything. We're the team to beat right now. We're in the hot zone. We got birds coming. <laughs> they call me the turkey whisperer. And I've been known to kill a turkey or two in my day. It's about to get serious. All I know is I'm here to win. Who will be crowned King of the Raven? Series premiere, March 7th at 6.30 p.m. on Outdoor Channel. Are you wondering what to do with your leftover game meat? Turn it into delicious snacks. At High Mountain Seasonings, we have 25 jerky making kits, 14 snack and stick kits, and 20 sausage making kits. That means we have something for everybody. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. We're back. The revolution with Jim and Travis on the air with the great escape. Ready? Here we go. Now launching into a two-parter with Alan Probst, master trapper and host of North American Trapper, airing on Sportsman Channel Sundays, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. Hey, we are back. We're talking The Great Escape on this week's show. And uh, before the break, Lee and Tiffany Lukoski. Now, there's some people you want to escape with. But our next guest, man, 
Nothing escapes his trap. Yeah, you can't escape Alan Probst. He is the host of North American Trapper on Sportsman Channel. That is Sundays, 1.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Allen, how's it going today, buddy? Uh, pretty good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, I'd say, how, how is the uh, trapping season going so far for you? Uh, pretty good. We just did, uh, actually, I haven't trapped a lot. I've been so busy with, you know, the, the business side of things through the holidays and things. But I did set in Pennsylvania and went out with my dad and kind of got my, you know, I guess my fix for a little bit when I was in PA. We did some filming. Um, I did just take a, about a two-week trip to Illinois, and we did that in succession. We did day one, day two, day three, all the way up through day nine, showing our uh, trap line as it happens. Um, we did a lot of, uh, you know, we showed the trials, the tribulations, the misses, the catches, the you know, the mistakes and the, everything we just every day. And it was a lot of work because I was coming back from the field, editing the footage of the day, making sure everything was in there. And we were uploading that to YouTube. We had a really good response from that. So we're going to continue to try and do more uh, formats. Um, I head to Arkansas uh, in the Ozarks with Jim Spencer. Then I head down with Cus Strickland and his grandkids in Mississippi. I head to Texas. I get to Missouri, and then I finish off in South Dakota. So I'll see my own bed in early April. Oh, wow. Now, it was really interesting watching your series uh, where you're talking about trapping hay bales because anyone out in the country mm-hmm. sees round bales everywhere. And yep. farmers and ranchers, they love to get rid of these critters because they're a nuisance. They ruin the hay. They kill chickens. They kill ground nesting birds. They wreak havoc on deer. Uh, but how you set up in these round bells, I thought was so fascinating. You're getting those uh, little nest raiders out of there, and you're also trapping coyotes. That was really informative, yep. man. Yeah, I love, uh, it's not just hay bales, it's kind of anything, I call it a focal point. Yeah. If it catches, you know, if it catches your eye, if you're driving on your 4x4 and you're you know, riding down a two-track or something, and it catches your eye, it's going to catch every predator's eye or any other uh, critter running through the area, too. So, you know, the hay bales out in the middle of the field, or if they're lined up, it doesn't matter. Um, those hay bales are perfect for your raccoons, possum, skunks to get in there, get some cover, get some warmth. Um, have some protection, you know, they're protected on all three sides, left, right, and above. So they're going to really hang around those a lot of times. And, and if you have those hay bales in the field, and they're there for any amount of time, you're going to be able to see all the coons, cat, and everything else on top of them. So uh, that, and, and, you know, there's a lot of fields where that one lone oak sits out in the middle or, you know, a big elm or wherever you're at in the country, whatever trees you have. If that catches your eye, that's going to be a stop for pretty much every predator. So you you kind of want to focus those areas. And that's kind of, you know, what we try and teach people is to just kind of be on location. And that's that's two specific locations that you're going to have some, some continued animal traffic. Yeah. Now, which animal that you trap did you find the most intelligent and the most difficult to get? You know, they're all pretty difficult to get if you educate them. <laughs> if you catch them the first time around and you, ah. and you miss them, you know, they get educated pretty quick, especially coyotes and canines and things like that. But uh, I would say, you know, I've been traveling over, you know, 45 years. I caught my first muskrat when I was seven. Oh, I got, wow. Like, say I caught the fever at seven years old. My dad, you know, my dad, my grandfather, my cousin, my uncles, everybody, our whole family was a trapper. And, you know, back in the 70s, a trapper was looked at as a, a, a 
a higher status in the in the community because you know they oh he's a trapper you know he knows about the outdoors and you know it's almost 180 degrees now from the PETA and, and Humane Society you know making everybody think we're heathens when we're really not we're true <laughs> conservationists at heart yeah but I would say in all my years. An educated beaver or the last muskrat in a colony are probably too hard to stand catch. <laughs> now you you preach patience, okay? And mm-hmm. you always say you need to let your sets marinate. Do you think marinate, that yep. is one thing that people screw up on all the time? They go in there, they freshen their own scent, they freshen up their sets when they should really just stay the hell out of there and let it settle down and, as you say, marinate, right? You hit the nail on the head right there. You know, I preach, there's really only three things that you really need to do to be a successful predator trapper. I mean, I can take a 12-year-old kid out. If he's got the, the strength to set the traps and, and, and he listens and he makes the sets, there's really only three things that matter being successful. Um, one is you can't catch what's not there. So you have to have a population of the catch. So first and foremost, if you put a coyote set where there's no coyotes, you're not going to catch any coyotes. So that's number one. Number two is bed your trap properly. And when I mean bed your trap, there's no wiggle, no wobble. You can step anywhere on that pan or that trap besides the pan and it's not going to move because if a canine comes in there and steps on a lever or a jaw and the other side of the trap goes up or moves or wiggles, they're going to back off. You created a digger. Now he's, he's, he's going to dig your traps out and, and he's educated. He's going to be harder to get now. And then three, is, is, is a combination. It's, it's hard work. Obviously, the more sets you put in the ground, better chances you're going to have being more successful. But with your sets, you've got to be patient. And, and think of it this way. If, you know, you're apprehensive about something and you go back to something that you were apprehensive about a day later. Now, if nothing's changed, you're going to be a little less apprehensive about it. You're going to maybe go and do, and I, I don't even have a really good analogy of what you're doing as a human, but think of it as an animal. If a coyote comes in and, you know, smells every scent there in layers and, you know, he's just, he doesn't want to work it, but he knows it's there. Mm-hmm. And if you see a track on the back of the set in the dirt or whatever, and he didn't work the set, but you know he was there, the worst thing you can do is put more lure, more bait, another different lure, because when he comes back, he's going to know every scent that was there. And and when he comes back, that smell that was there is going to have dissipated a little bit. Your human scent's going to dissipate a little bit. Your, your scent's going to dissipate a little bit. So if he comes back and now there's a new lure or there's more lure and it's it's more enhanced, he's he's just not going to work the set. So if you let that marinate, like I say, and he comes back, he might not work it the next time he comes back two days later. But if you let it just sit there and do its job because you have faith in the bedding of the trap that you did and you have faith, faith in your location, he will work it. The curiosity will get him and you will get an opportunity out of him. So, yes, I, I think patience is probably, along with not bedding your trap properly, the two main, if not, you know, 95% of the mistakes that new trappers and even some Trappers, I mean, even myself, I catch myself second guess. Oh, maybe I need to, you know, redo that. You know, no, just stay away and let it work for you. You bet. Hey, we got to take a break. Can you stick around, Alan? Absolutely. Good. Hey, we've been talking with Alan Probst, and of course, he's the host of North American Trapper. 
It airs on Sportsman's channels. Uh, Sundays at 1.30 p.m. Eastern that's Time. That's the time. And this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. And don't forget, on Saturday evenings, there is a three-hour block. It is awesome of North American Trapper. Uh, before we get to a break, Mr. Allen, to learn more about you, everything you do, it's really interesting. We're going to get into that after the break. Where can we find you online? Online, just our website's our name, NorthAmericanTrapper.com. Uh, that's our name on Facebook for slash North American Trapper. And then on YouTube, if you just go in YouTube, search North American Trapper, you'll see our logo pop up, and that's our channel. You bet. More Alan Probst right after this. Recently, we asked if you thought we'd been really awesome these past few months. You guys have been really awesome these last few months. And you agreed. So for even more awesome, check out JimandTrav.com and stay tuned because the super duper awesome show will continue right after these short messages. The family that works together, plays together. We're passing on a long history of family traditions. Got Pop out here with me, shot with his recurve, my grandpa's broadhead. And lives life to the fullest. Whatever the game, whatever the season, when you're outdoors, it's about just having fun. Everything wild. Everything fun, everything family. We don't have an easy life, but we do have a blessed life. Everything Eichler. Sundays at 12.30 Eastern on Sportsman Channel. Chardonnay Finishing Sauce is one of the many tasty treats that awaits you at High Mountain Seasonings. Order your jerky and sausage kits, snack and sticks, marinades, rubs and shakers, and more by going to HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. Thanks for tuning in to The Revolution with Jim and Trav and The Great Escape. And you just give a listen, tell what you think. Now, once again, here's Alan Probst, Master Trapper and host of North American Trapper, airing on Sportsman Channel Sundays, 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. Here's part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking Great Escape on this week's show. And uh, Alan Probst, what an interesting guy. I mean, he is our guest today. And my gosh, I found out just now why I didn't get any muskrat. Well, I think it's so interesting. You know, in my opinion, if you're going to be like a successful trapper, you have to suffer from like a little bit of being an introvert. You have to suffer from ADHD, an absolute perfectionist, because, you know, you're out there, you're bow hunting, crossbow hunting, rifle hunting, muzzleloader hunting, whatever it is. I mean, if it's here, there, wherever, as long as you can make a clean, ethical shot, you're going to take the animal down. You're narrowing it down to, I mean, small square inches. That animal has to step in this precise place. And if it's, you know, two inches to the right, it's not going to happen. I mean, it is the most minute details that can absolutely screw up your set. And I think that is, it really takes a special person with a lot of dedication and uh, uh, foresight and forethought to be a successful trapper. Well, you know, you just hit the nail on the head. It's, it's precision. It's, uh, you know, ADHD. It's all of those, <laughs> all of those things that go into it. The one thing I will say, going back to the last segment where you mentioned, uh, you know, all the different things about, being a successful, or we talked about the the main points. Yeah, think of it this way: if you're a hunter and you're a bow hunter, and and you have a deer come, 
and he only gets to 60 yards. And, and you're like, man, he just didn't close the distance. Well, you know, you're not successful. You're going home. You needed him to close that extra 20 yards or 30 yards to give you a better shot. Now, are you going to do anything different while you're in the stand the next time you're hunting there? Absolutely not. You're just going to need him to close the distance, correct? Yeah. So, same thing with trapping. It goes back to that patience thing. If you see a coyote track on the back of your set or a fox track or whatever, and he didn't work that set, that's no different than that 60-yard deer. Mm. You didn't do anything wrong. And if you just keep it the way it is, consistent, and do the same thing the next time he comes in, that deer that was closing to 40 is now translated into that coyote taking that extra six inches and landing on your trap. So mm. that goes into that whole patience thing again. And the more time you trap and the more you see that, you start to recognize that. And, you know, that's really truly what I'm trying to do with the beginner series that we have on YouTube. Anybody that's never done it, we did like a 20, 25 part beginner series talking about everything, equipment, putting it together, boiling, cleaning, all those different things. But that's the information that I'm trying to get out there to, to alleviate some of those thoughts of grandeur, not grandeur, but thoughts of, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this. I don't want to do it. Yeah. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible for somebody to go out there and have success. All right. Talk with uh, Mr. Alan Probst. He is the host of North American Trapper. It is seen on Sportsman Channel Sundays, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, uh, and also on Saturday evenings. There's a three-hour block. You have to watch that. Uh, it is so cool of North American Trapper. Before we get to a break, though, I do want to mention, uh, Mr. Allen, you have wild meats. Uh, peruse yep. through there. You offer some amazing things, and you also have wild fur. You, you do a little bit of everything, man. Everything's in that wild brand. The whole brand is Wild LLC. We've worked really hard to to, to build the brand. Um, we just spent nine days in Harrisburg at the NRA Great American Outdoor Show. That's where we showcase our, our wild meats. Um, and we also had our wild furs there. But, yeah, the wild meats is good stuff. It's alligator, bison, elk, summer sausages, game sausages, sticks, um, we have pretty much a, a full line of, of uh, your meat snacks, but uh, it's, it's good stuff, and, and we've been trying to build that, and we're happy with where it's going. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Alan Probst. He's the host of North American Trapper, airs on Sportsman's Channel. Yeah, Sundays, 1.30 p.m. Eastern, and this has been brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your possum at himtnjerky.com. Again, Mr. Allen, to learn more about you, all of your brands, North American Trapper Man, where can we find you online? Yep, uh, pretty much northamericatrapper.com. Uh, same name on Facebook, forward slash North American Trapper, and then YouTube, you just search at the top, North American Trapper, you'll see our logo pop up, and that's all that stuff. You bet. Hey, more Jim and Trav right after the break. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav, the number one outdoor radio show for over 17 years, and expert multitaskers. Um... Yeah. On air and online at JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The boys will return in a few moments. Reimagine every adventure, every terrain, every incredible memory. The Yamaha Wolverine family of side-by-side vehicles help you reimagine off-road capability, comfort, and confidence. 
Available right now at your local Yamaha dealer. With the Wolverine R-Max 21000 and R-Max 41000, recreation meets sport and maximum power meets maximum comfort and versatility. And with the Wolverine X2 and X4850, extreme terrain meets its match. Find your Yamaha Wolverine at your local Yamaha dealer or at YamahaMotorsports.com. That's YamahaMotorsports.com. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specification subject to change. I'm Al Simon, 91 years young. I created Balance 7 20 years ago. At 67, I went to see the doctor for the first time in my life and found that I had medical problems. He told me that was normal for my age. I don't believe God intended us to be sick and old. I decided to find something to bring my health back. For 10 years, I studied pH and how important it is to the human system. Balance 7 gave me back what I lost by getting older. I no longer get out of bed with a joint discomfort. Balance 7 can do for you what it has done for me and many others. In three days time, you'll feel more energy, less joint discomfort and clarity of thinking. No doctor or hospital can do what Balance 7 can do for you. Balance 7 is the key to unlocking the healthy immune system. Bring your body back to balance. Order now, receive free shipping with the code word AL. Go to balance7.com, that's balance7.com. Order now and get your free shipping and a free gift with your order. Go to balance7.com, Use the code word L. Great show, everyone. We just got to get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week. That three-parter with Lee and Tiffany, that was neat. That was fantastic. Also, had Alan Probst on for two parts, North American Trapper. Yeah, this we was, buy some traps. This was a fun show, Jimbo. Last word. Hey, last word is get out there and get your kids a hunting and fishing license lifetime. That's right. Your, your son can be like Cameron. Your daughter can be like Reagan. Uh, and your uncle could be like Alan Probst. All right, so, uh, yeah, hammer home fire, arm safety, that is important. Also go to germantrav.com. We'll return next week with, yeah, Matt Drury. And also Chris Kiefer. I wish I knew that. And Cat Daddy. We're just going to keep all on week. hold <laughs> all week. All right, so peace out, guys. God bless you and Lee and Tiffany in the United States of America. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 